A dad, we'll just go with a dad this morning. And, you know, his five-year-old wakes him up earlier than he wanted him to wake him up. And so he's like, all right, time to get up. Got some coffee. And then he decided, you know, I'm going to bring him to the park. Got to let this kid run some energy out, right? Remember those days? So you're at the play structure, and then you're hearing this music, this awesome music going on over here live in the park. And you see this great gob of people, and you're wondering, what, what is this? What is going on at Civic Park? Well, that's a great question. What is this? What? God's people. There it is. I like it. What else? The elect, chosen, yeah. Family gathering. All right. Yeah, followers of Jesus, we're a family together. We are people. Very different, very different backgrounds, ages, dress styles. There's different stuff in your picnic baskets this morning. Very different people, different backgrounds, different life stories and experiences, but we have been called together by the living God. The creator, the creator God created this blue sky, created that fiery orb that is warming us up, hopefully more and more as we go through the day. I mean, this is, this is big. God, the living God, called you and me into fellowship with himself and thereby into fellowship with one another. That's what we are. So let's dig a little deeper into that. How did God do that? How did the living God, creator God out there, bring us together as people of God, elect, family? How do you do that? Oh, yes, by dying. The eternal word of God came in the flesh, laid it down for us to pay the punishment for our sins which separated us from God. Some friends and I, we like to go out and talk to people about Jesus, try to engage them in these spiritual conversations. And uh, a lot of people we talk to are separated from God. We ask the question, do you believe in God? Uh, what's God like? And there's a lack of knowledge about that because there is a real separation. And many of us remember that, right? We were without God, without hope, far away from him. Yep. And God came in in Jesus to bring us near. Now, how did you hear about this good news? Where did you get this word? From other believers, right on. And where did they get the word? From the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, yes, yes. And it's because... Exactly, yes. So the New Testament is a written record of what those eyewitnesses saw, heard, touched, right? So he, he brought these people together through the written word that has been preserved for us, which re contains a record of his witness. All right. So one of those guys who heard and saw and touched and walked with Jesus uh, an eyewitness, he went around and told people about this good news, and he wrote it down for us. But not just one guy, uh, we're going to talk about John today, not just one guy, but we have eight other written witnesses about Jesus, what he did, what he said, what he taught, uh, the things he claimed to do and did. 
All right, so we had these written witnesses, and they pointed to other witnesses. So we are on solid ground here. But we're going to focus on John, one of the guys who ate, walked, talked with Jesus. A fisherman from Galilee, all right, son of Zebedee. And over the next several weeks, OTC and Hillside are going to look at the words of John that he wrote about his experiences with Jesus, that he wrote and sent to some believers. That's, we call that today 1 John. Uh, he originally wrote it to some believers in what we call Turkey today, uh, the Roman provinces in Asia Minor in the first century. He wrote this letter. And he wrote this letter to address some false teaching, some false ideas about who Jesus was. And these false teachings were disrupting the fellowship. They were hindering the fellowship uh, of Jesus. They were getting in the way. But his people persisted, kept going, and uh, these guys were teaching something contrary to what the eyewitnesses saw and heard firsthand. All right? And there's some confusion uh, because of this. Uh, there's some, uh, the, a faction was leaving the fellowship because of these false teachers, and uh, it created some uh, disharmony, there's some hardships. So John writes this letter to set his people straight to set the believers straight. This is who Jesus is. This is what he came and did. And this is what it looks like to follow him. All right. So that's really important today because there are a lot of ideas about who Jesus is. Right? I mentioned this last week. I read an article in the Wall Street Journal about Jesus because it's their you know, annual Easter article. And it was completely wrong. You know? It was like all these ideas. Well, I think this. I think that. You know, people 2,000 years later chiming in about who Jesus is. Um, when we talk to people out in the world about Jesus, uh, who do you think he is? What's your impression of him? And so forth. People have a lot of different ideas. So it's important that we have what's true about him. Because what is true about him will impact how you live your life today. And there's eternal consequences also. So, we're going to listen closely to the words of John in 1 John. You guys ready? That's all quiet and peaceful now. Welcome to Church in the Park, my friends. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. All right. Here we go. This is in your bulletin. If you want a bulletin, just raise your hand. We'll run you one. You know, be a nerd like me. Get a pen. You can fill in the blanks and so forth. It'll also be up here. It's in your Bible. I'm, I'm reading from the NIV. 1 John 1, verse 1. I'm going to pray real quick. Lord Jesus, you are Lord of heaven and earth. This is your place. We ask that you would just bring your peace on our friend over there, Lord God. Bring your peace, Lord God. Fall on him in power, Lord Jesus. In the name and authority of Jesus Christ, we command evil spirits, anything coming against us right now, we command you to get away, to stay away. But Lord, we ask that you would call this guy to you, Lord. We praise you, God. We thank you in advance. Amen. All right, here we go. 1 John 1, verse 1. Listen to this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. 
the life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy. That is a loaded introduction with a lot in there. So let's go back to it part by part. Verse 1, that which was from the beginning. The beginning. What do you think, what do you think of? What is that an echo of? Yeah, Genesis 1-1, one, one, in the beginning. Man, I, I need prizes, like, good answer. <laughs> Genesis 1-1, one, one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right, again, let's read it again, now that we have that in mind. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, that's interesting, which we have seen with our eyes. So John's writing this in the first century. This was long after, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life, which was in the beginning, right? The life appeared. The life that was in the very beginning, the eternal life appeared. We have seen it. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So recap, in the beginning was the eternal word of life. And that life appeared, and we saw him, and we touched him, and we heard him, and we're telling you about him. All right, this may remind you of another passage by our friend John. You know that one? John 1, all right, let's, let's, let's look at that. This, too, is John writing about this eternal word of life. John 1, his gospel. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through Him, this Word, all things were made. And without Him, nothing has been made that is made. And then verse 14, the kicker, this word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw him with our own eyes and we heard him and our own hands touched him. And so we're going to tell you about him because you need to know him and come into this fellowship also. Not just our fellowship, but this fellowship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All right. A common way to refer to this event in history is the incarnation, the enfleshing, the incarnate for our Spanish-speaking friends. It is, the, it is the Word of God, the eternal Word of God, coming in the flesh, adding to Himself human flesh and blood. Right, The self-existent Creator God, the one behind it all, who's a mystery to some, right, is eternally a relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all right? And at the set time by God, according to the plan of God, God the Father sent the Son, and the Son willingly came and took on human flesh, added human flesh to himself. This is wild, right? 
to help us know him so that we could see him, so that we could hear him, so we could touch him. The word of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now, this is pretty wild, and it's big, and it's not just John saying it. So we're, we're, on, we're on solid ground here. This is a repeated message in the New Testament, the collection of writings that these other white eyewitnesses either saw directly or talked to eyewitnesses and recorded for us. Here's a few examples. Galatians 4, 4. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Luke 1.35, this is the message sent to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Hebrews 1.1-3, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many and times in various ways, but in these last days, something switched. He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Wow, the incarnation. Jesus said it himself, I and the Father are one. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The Son is the image of the invisible God. Okay, so that's amazing, fantastic. Uh, what's the significance of that for us today? What does it tell us about God? Let's write a textbook about that because there's, there's a long list. And we're going to go into a lot of these things as we go through 1 John. Here's one to start us off. The incarnation, God, eternal, immortal, invisible, taking on human flesh and appearing to us, shows us that God is is fully, fully, completely committed to us. God is all in on us, for us. And he's committed to making his creation new. He's all in, man. God so loved the world, and this love that we're talking about is completely committed. All right? He went in all the way. He added to himself human flesh, not temporarily, not just for a few years. Oh, that was nice. Now, glad to get rid of that. No, permanently, permanently. The eternal word of God is still in the flesh, resurrected flesh. He's got a body. And when you die and see him, you're going to have an opportunity to see those nail marks like Thomas and touch them because they are a reminder of who he is and what he's done for us. That's wild, right? God is all in on you and me, fully committed, and he's committed to making his creation ideas or a dead dogma or religion. He's alive, he's living, and we will see him face to face as John, Peter, Matthew, James, Mary, Salome, Joanna saw him, touched him, heard him. God is all in on us. He's committed. God is loving. And that's the kind of love it is, is committed. All right. Let's go back because there's more in here. Verse 1 again. You guys ready? That which was from the beginning, 
which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at in our hands, word of life. The life appeared, the incarnation. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Question, who is the we here? John's talking in the first person plural. That's kind of weird. Why? Who, who is he talking about? Is he writing this? Is this like a committee writing this letter together? No, we know this is John. What, what, who's the we? Oh, no, you're not supposed to see that. Oh, too late. All right. Now the anticipation. That's for a future game. But, um, oh, yeah, who's the we here? Our hands saw him, or touched him. Our eyes saw him. Apostles, okay. What is that? I don't know what that means. Okay, yeah, it's first followers, right? The guys he handpicked, yeah, those first disciples who walked, talked, ate with him, touched him. So it wasn't just one guy somewhere. No, it was a group. 120 disciples gathered in the upper room before Pentecost, but there are hundreds more, and then there are 3,000, and then there are more and more. But he's talking about those people at the beginning who walked, talked, ate with him. All right. Peter talks about this as well. He uses the same plural, first-person plural, in his letter. 2 Peter 1.18, listen to this. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. He's talking about the transfiguration of Jesus. They were there. They heard this voice, the Father speaking to the Son, saying, this is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. Okay, so what's the takeaway for us? The we are his eyewitnesses. John, Peter, we were there. We saw him. Listen to what we tell you about Jesus. It's authoritative. If you want to know about Jesus, if you want to know God who's made himself known in the flesh, you need to go to those who saw him and heard him and touched him. Listen to their words about him. Go to the source. Not some guy 600 years later, not some guy in the early 1800s. No, we go to the source. Okay, and here's the significance of that. You and me, brothers and sisters, and those here beyond us, you can know God. You can know him relationally, closely. He's not a mystery. He's not a black box. He's not somebody, maybe he's out there, I don't know. When I was, before I came into this fellowship of believers of uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, before I was an agnostic. I was like, I wasn't an atheist. I wasn't like hard no. Because look at this, right? And man, look, look at what we can do. So I wasn't a hard atheist. I was an agnostic. Well, maybe there's, maybe there's, I can't know. And that was very true because I was separated from God because my sins, I couldn't know. I was kind of stuck there. But because of God's great love, God who is rich in mercy, he made himself known to me. He made himself known to you. You and I, we were dead in our sins. We were lost. We were, we were without hope, without God in the world. But God came near and called you and me personally. Maybe he did it when you were really young. It's, you know, the, the details are a little vague. Maybe he did it, you know, three months ago. Maybe he's doing it right now, this morning. 
This is what God does. Because of his great love, because of his great mercy, he calls people personally to himself. And if he doesn't, we're, we're lost. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. And, okay, so that's what he can do. Now the question, we asked it already earlier, but how did he do that? How did he call you, John? How did he call you, Will? We heard some things like other people who were already connected to this living God. Yeah, and probably, like me, at some point they pointed you to the eyewitness accounts. And you looked at them yourself. And you started reading, oh, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? And that's what lit it up for you. The Spirit of God illuminated that to you and made you alive through that. At some point, you came back to these eyewitness accounts about Jesus and who he is. And so you know God. And I know God. We know some specifics about God. Again, he's not this vague thing out there. What are some things you know about God now? What's he like? Tell me about him. What do you know? Faithful. Faithful. Yes. Get forgiving. Loving. Good. Passionate. Healer. He heals. Comforter. He's, he's full of grace, compassion, kindness. How patient is God toward us? Wow. Love is patient for sure. Okay. God is patient. God is full of grace and full of truth. Truth. And some of that truth's got a hard edge to it, right? God is very merciful and he's just. He is kind and he is sometimes severe and intense. He's all these things. And that's what we see when we listen to the eyewitnesses. Now, you and I, we kind of like to parse through that. I like these bits. I don't like these bits. But if you want to know God truly, fully, we got to get into his words and let him speak to us. Let him reveal himself as he is to us. And that's, that's challenging for us. All right, but you can know God. That's cool. That's big news. All right, we know God. We can know God. And others can come into this as well. All right, let's do it again. Back to verse 1. You're going to know this passage when we're done today. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at. We really spent some time looking at him, watching him, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The word, the life appeared. The eternal word of life appeared. And we have seen it. We testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Now verse 3 we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Why? So you may have fellowship with us. Fellowship. What is that? Think of. Togetherness. Being together. Supporting each other. Community. Friendship. Knowing each other. Friends know each other. Being vulnerable with each other. Sharing life with each other, helping each other out. Shared values. Shared a lot of things, right? Values, resources sometimes. 
right? We, we're doing life together. All right. We do this. We're proclaiming this to you so that you may have fellowship with us. Remember, who's the us? The disciples, those who first saw her. And when John's writing this, Peter's already gone. He's dead. Paul's already gone. John was one of the last surviving disciples of those first disciples. All right? But we're still in fellowship with them. Right? We're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Peter, John, those guys are with him. These are the spirits of righteous people made perfect. They're at the, the, the Zion, the Jerusalem, the heavenly Zion. All right, so we're in fellowship with these guys. And then he continues, what kind of fellowship? Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's your third fill-in. Number three, we are in fellowship with the living God now, right now, in this park and forever. Jesus said in John 14, 17, said to his disciples, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and I am in you, and you are in me. That's wild. Right now, as Kean sits, he is in fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the spirits of righteous people made perfect, already with God right now. And these people here, brothers and sisters here, and hundreds of millions of more all around the world. Whoa, that is a fellowship, right? That's why these guys went out and told everybody what they saw and heard, so that they may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's now, it's forever. Come on now, we got to get this word out, right? That's, that's the next bit. Let's get to that. All right, we're going to read it again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and we testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we know the Holy Spirit's in there as well from the rest of the letter. Verse 4 is the last bit here. We write this to make our joy complete. We share this by this written letter to make our joy complete. And they don't know, I don't know if they knew this, but they wrote it down for us today as well to make their joy complete. Now, I'm thinking I am John and Jesus came and I saw him and I touched him and I walked with him, right? I saw him heal the sick, open the eyes of the blind, touch the leper, heal, heal, raise the dead. I saw, this. I saw him walk on water, all right? I saw his bloody, beaten, pierced body on the cross on that Friday. And I saw them take his body down, and I know he went in the tomb. And then on the third day, he rose again, and he appeared to us. And we couldn't believe it, but we believed it because we got to touch him and see him. And Thomas asked the question we all wanted to ask, hey, man, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, until I put my fingers in those wounds. And he did it, and Jesus ate with them. And wow, if I'm John, I'm like, man, my joy is complete. I'm done. Thank you. But he's saying, no, we write this to make 
our joy complete. Our joy, brothers and sisters, is complete. Not when we've come into this fellowship, although, thank you, Jesus, right? We are alive when we were dead, and we're alive in this fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. It's not complete yet. Like John, we can enter into this and say, my joy is not complete until I help others come in. Right? Okay, how do we do that? We share. Yeah, we share what we've heard and saw and what, what we've read, and we, we point people to this word. What? Testify. Tom the testifier. We testify. We go out. Right? We enter those awkward conversations. We try to share this faith. We try to connect people to this life as well. We pray for others to make that happen as well, and we share. Where's the word of life, the eternal word of life right now? Man, in us, in heaven, and in us. The word of life, this eternal word of life is now in you and me. And in a way, the second level incarnation is happening. We are the body of Christ on earth today, now. This is our season. This is our time. We'll be with him, but right now, we are the body of Christ on earth. We're the incarnation of the eternal word of life. That's pretty crazy, right? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ is in us. All right, so anytime you or I line up our lives with that word of life in us that prompts us, right? He prompts us sometimes. He wants to lead you and me. He calls us to do fun things, challenging things, really hard things that we don't want to do. Right? But when we obey him, we're entering into this opportunity to make our joy complete. We will help others come into this fellowship. That's what the word of life, the eternal word of life, the spirit of God in you and me prompts us to do, leads us to do. So, you and I, we all get an opportunity. This week, this week, individually, as we go out into the world, the word of life will prompt you and give you an opportunity to, in some small way, word or deed, somehow, invite others into this fellowship. Show others this fellowship. Right? And, so we get to do it individually, and we get to do it together. We get to be the body of Christ together. We get to obey the word of life together. And let's no longer listen to the word of fear, the word of doubt, the word of what if, what, the word of comfort, I just, you know, the word of the enemy. Let's commit to listening to and obeying the word of life so that we will be making our joy complete individually and together, and maybe all together as one big family. All right, that's the last fill-in. Let's make our joy complete. Let's stand together and give the Lord an opportunity, a moment to speak to us, and uh, then we'll go into this last song. All right. Living God, eternal word of life, thank you, Lord, you're still speaking. And you're in us, Lord. 
Jesus, I ask that you would make us more sensitive to your spirit. Lord Jesus, softer, more ready to obey you, your promptings, your leadings, Lord God. Lord, help us to push away the other words that just drown you out during the week, Lord God. Help us remember to come alongside you, to make space and time to come and listen to you, word of life, speaking to us. Lord God, and we ask that this week that you would help us not just hear you, but obey you, follow you, reject the word of fear, reject the what-if word, and listen to you and obey you, Lord, and so that we can make our joy complete, Lord, so we can help others come into this awesome fellowship, this gift that you've given us. Use us to give it to others, Lord, this week. We love you. We thank you for this time. Amen.